Shalom everybody, Shavua Tov, welcome back, Bezat Hashem, to the Q&A, questions and answers. The question that's come up very a lot recently, especially now with the difficulty of traveling to Meron, and still people are doing a lot of Mesirat Nefesh to travel to be in Meron by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai for Lag Baomer. So the question is, why do breast livers make such a big deal so much noise, so much hadgasha, uh, uh, so much, uh, there's a good word in English, I can't really remember it, hadgasha, uh, and, uh, and uh, like, uh, they stress so much the importance of being by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, of traveling to his grave in Meron. What's going on? More than by other tzaddikim, other graves, more than by Rabbi Akiva, or Tzfat, you know, or the Kotel even, you know, or David HaMelech, Hebron, a big noise is made, especially of going to Meron. This has been true by the breast of Hasidim in the past 200 years. You have, we have letters dating back from Rav Nosen's time and his son's time, how they express the unbelievable emotion and importance of being by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. What's going on? What's the connection here? This is, of course, aside the importance of being by Rabbi Nachman's grave, that goes without a question, without a doubt, because of his promise to be by his, anyone who comes to his grave and gives a coin to, of charity in his memory and says the Tikkun Aklali, Rabbi Nachman's promise is there. He'll pull out the person from his payas even to pull him out of Gehenam, no matter what he may have done in his life. That's aside from Uman, fine, which even now is shaky because of the war, etc. But Meron, especially with all the difficulties in these past few years, the corona, the terrible incident last year, we're talking about Lalagba Omer, for example. And now this year, with all the restrictions, still people are, are making a big effort to go. This is like Baomer, but in general, to go by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is a big, big thing. It's also in the Gemara, by the way. The Gemara says that once, I think it's Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, he, he met Eliyahu Navi. the Gemara says, at the entrance of the grave, to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, of all places, Eliyahu Navi was there. And there's a whole amazing story there. I don't recall it off my heart exactly. But already from the Gemara, they talk about the greatness of Rabbi, Nachman, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's grave. So what's going on here? What's the connection? So let's start a little, just to give a, an, uh, an introduction a little. If you look at Rabbi Nachman's book, his main book, his magnum opus, the Likute Moran, in the beginning of the book, before lesson number one, right, the lessons work by numbers, lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, there's a prologue before lesson one. And this prologue speaks about the greatness of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, an amazing insight that Rabbi Nachman revealed. And of all places, it's put as a prologue to the Likute Moran, where Rabbi Nachman says how Rabbi Shimon's statement in the Gemara where he had an argument with the wise, the Chachamim, the sages in Yavne, Karen Be Yavne, they said the Torah is going to be forgotten. And Rabbi Shimon argued, no, Chas Shalom, it's not going to be forgotten, because the verse reads, Kiloti Shachachmi the Torah will not be forgotten from the mouth of his offspring, meaning there will always be Torah amongst Am Yisrael. If you want proof, you look around, you see that now the ability to learn Torah today is just unbelievable. Art scroll, and all the books available, you know, the access we have to Torah in all languages is just unbelievable. So Torah is being learned, okay? So Rishim Baruchai was right. 
So now Rabbi Nachman points out there, take, take a look at the last letters of the verse that he quoted himself. He quoted the verse, for the Torah will not be forgotten from the mouth of his offspring. So Rabbi Nachman points out whose offspring? The offspring of the person hinted to in this verse. And who's hinted to in this verse? You take a look at the last letters of this, this pasuk. Ki lo tishachach mipizaro, five, five words. The last letters, ki is yud, lo alef tishachach chet, mipi yud, zaro vav, spells out Rabbi Shimon's father, Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai. So in other words, from the mouth of the son, the, the seed, the offspring of the one hinted to in this verse, which is Yochai, his son being Rabbi Shimon, in his merit the Torah will not be forgotten, because Rabbi Nachman quotes what Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai himself says, in the Zohar, he says, through this book, through this work, the Zohar, the Jewish people will come out of exile. An amazing statement, okay? So this is very interesting and strange that Rabbi Nachman put this at the opening of his Likutei Moran. This question was once asked by a Rav. There's a story brought down story is brought down by the chair in the Rav, or also I think it's in Kochvi or Avner Barzel. One of the books brings down this story. That once a follower of Rabbi Nachman traveled to a very, very far place where he assumed Rabbi Nachman's fame did not yet reach that place. And he stayed by the house of the Rav. So while staying at the house of the Rav of that community, the breast liver, who again knew Rabbi Nachman, he saw on the table, and this is after Rabbi Nachman passed away already, he saw on the rabbi's table the book Likute Moran. So he was shocked. He says, what? This book even reached here, this far, far place? So the Rav got excited. He says, what, what? You mean you know the author of this book? He says, yes, I know him. I was a student. He said, wow. I have a question for you. The Rav asked the breast liver. Why did Rabbi Nachman start off his book Likute Moran with this prologue, why isn't just a, why isn't it just another number of less of a lesson? If you want it to be a lesson, make it number one or something. But it's not even an. It's before that. It's a prologue. It's even before number one. What is Rabbi Nachman trying to tell us here? So the rest of her felt that the Rav is not is not asking a question because he wants to know. He has an answer. So the rest of her asked the Rav, and what what do you think? What does Kvoda Rav think? So the Rav said to the rest of her. I think, again, this is not, not someone coming from the mouth of someone who was not a follower of Rabbi Nachman, but was an, an admirer of Rabbi Nachman's book, the Likud Timuran. He said like this, I have a feeling that Rabbi Nachman is hinting to who he really is. Because it's brought down in books, the Rokeach brings this down, that an author of a book should hint his name, who he is at the beginning of the book. He gives a hint if it's to gematrias or first letters, last letters. So he's the rabbi, the Rav says, I noticed that the numerical value of Shimon and Yochai, I mean, forget about the bar, Shimon bar Yochai, or Shimon ben Yochai, Shimon and Yochai is 501, and I noticed that, the, that, the, that that's the exact same gematria as Rabbi Nachman and his father's name. Rabbi Nachman's father's name was Simcha. So Nachman Simcha, Nachman ben Simcha. Nachman Simcha is 501. And Shimon Yochai is also 501. 
So the Rav was telling the rest of her, I think he's hinting to who he really is. That's a powerful statement that Rabbi Nachman's hinting to his deep connection between him and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, which is why the breast livers made a big deal of Rabbi Shimon's kever, and also why, if you really want to, you can experience an, an illumination, a spiritual light and illumination by Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon's grave in Meron, which is unfounded anywhere else, even in the Holy Land. It's an unbelievable a light and an, exp- an, a, an exposure to holiness that a person can experience in Meron by Rishimon's grave if he has the merit to do so. So with all this said, this is why the breast livers make such a big deal of going to Rishimon by Yochai. It's been in the blood of the breast livers for years and years and generations and generations to go to Rishimon and to spend time there, to daven there. The many the, there are rooms on the second floor in Meron above the grave. There are all these ancient rooms which are around there for at least a few hundred years. And they used to be supervised and run by, and if you want to say, had a chazaka, they had like an ownership by these Sephardic Chachamim from Tzfat. We're talking about like 100 years ago, 150 years ago. And that all died out. And the breast livers took all the rooms, almost 90% of the rooms on top are run by, are muhzak, are taken care of, and have like a, 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 if you want to say a permission of usage by the breast liver Hasidim. There was the room of Rav Shmuel Shapira, there was the room of Rav Shmuel Chechek, Rav Rubinstein, all these breast livers, Moshe Burstein, they had rooms, they took their rooms, they, they fixed them up, they took care of them, and they stayed there. When they would come to Meron, they wouldn't just go for like a few hours to daven and go back home. They would go there to spend quality time in davening and Torah study in order to receive this big light. This is why, in a nutshell, the breast liver Hasidim make a big deal of going to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's grave. Now on top of that, Lagba Omer is of paramount importance by most breast liver families. You know, after Uman Rosh Hashanah, the next priority is to be in Meron for Lagba Omer. Lagba Omer, until now, until all these crazy times that we're going through, has been an event that people take their whole families the wives, the children, there's the customary chalaka, right? The chalaka is the, is the Israeli Hebrew Arabic term of cutting the hair of the child when he turns three. And the custom is here in the Holy Land, normally, is most people, they try to wait, they like to, they prefer to wait until Lagba Omer and bring the whole family with the, the chalaka boy, the three-year-old boy, who has his long, beautiful hair, and cut the hair by the grave, of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. I had the merit to do for all my sons, Baruch Hashem, their chalaka. We waited, even though it was a bit difficult, even though their birthdays were other times of the year, we waited to do their chalaka in Meron. So Meron, Lagba Omer, is, is, like an, is an international event that Jews all over the world spend even tons of money just to fly in to come to be in the Holy Land, to be in Meron for Lagba Omer. It's a big thing. It's reached now, in the past years, to reaching fl- flooding over 100,000, a few hundred, 100,000 people even, in and out, in and out, with such strat- strategic organization of food, 
you know, food and accommodation for sleeping if necessary. I mean, obviously, that's not everyone can do that. And the restrooms, etc. But to make it that people should come, eat and dance and be happy. Because this is what Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai wanted. This is stressed in the Zohar and in the writings of the Arizal of the importance of, be- of being in Meron for Lagba Omer and by rejoicing, part, being a part of, the, of the, the dancing and the happiness. This explains all the amazing music, music. If you've never tasted it, it's so hard to give it over. But the joy that, has been, that you can experience in Meron Lagba Omer is a joy that you've probably never tasted in your life. You have to experience it. You feel when you have thousands of people jumping up and down with these beautiful classic melodies sung in Meron for Lagba Omer, the joy that's there just sweeps you away. It's unbelievable. Again, you need a merit to that for this to happen. Not everyone has it. Many people, they come, oh, I'm hot, I'm schwitzing, I'm tired, I'm thirsty, let me go home already. You need a merit. But when it happens, it comes big time. It's a big thing. And it can't be expressed to somebody who's never tasted it. It's something which a person should really yearn and daven about to experience true simcha. In fact, Rav Nossin's son, Rav Yitzchak, who passed away in Tzvat, he, at the end of his life, he, he did Aliyah. He moved to the Holy Land and he ended his last few years in the Holy Land. He describes in one of his letters to his family, were back in the Ukraine, the unbelievable joy that he experienced in Meron on Lagba Omer. He says it's a, it's a joy that you don't experience. It's so powerful because it's people from all over the world coming. For the Kotel, it's very hard to have everybody coming at the same time. For the Kotel, for example, you have many people like coming for Pesach to go to the, to, to the Kotel or for Shavuot or for any time of the year, Chanukah. But here's one day that everybody comes. And it's not just men like Uman Rosh Hashanah where until now it's been just men because of the, the way things are set up. You can't have women being in Uman for Rosh Hashanah. But by Meron, it is set up for men, women, children, yella. Everybody come. Everybody come. It's a day where it's so... The meaning is so like international... Represent, it's like Klaliut. It's a general representation of Am Yisrael. They're all coming to be by this tzaddik on this one day. And he's not like, oh, he's a Hasidic tzaddik or he's like a Sephardi tzaddik. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is for everybody. He's in every, he's, 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 he's part of the Torah. He's part of fundamental, foundational Torah. He's for everybody, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. You can't say, oh, just for people who learn Zohar and Kabbalah. No, it's for everyone. He's in the Gemara, he's in the Mishnah, he's in the Zohar, yes. And that's part of Am Yisrael for everybody. No, you can't say, oh, we don't, we, don't, we don't hold by, we don't follow Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. That doesn't work like that. He, like you have Moshe Rabbeinu, you have also Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who is a general tzaddik. And, and uh, the weight of his day, which is like Baomer, is of paramount importance. And it's reflected in the flocks of, again, hundreds of thousands of Jews of all types. All types. Not like one stereotype. All these Hasidic guys or these Sephardi guys or these breast lovers. It's general. It's a general experience and a day where it's, re- it's respected and celebrated by Jews all over the world. It's even in the Shulchan Aruch brought down the day of, of Lag Baomer and the celebration in honor of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. That's brought down in the commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch, okay? So, 
we see Rav Nosen and Rav Yitzchak and Rav Nosen's son brings out the joy that was there. The Arizal also, he was once of his students in Meron for Lag Baomer. And one disciple, he decided when they ate together, he wanted to say the, the Psalm Al Narot Bavel, which is customary to say on a regular day where we do Tachanun. And he, was, he said Al Narot Bavel as if to say that he's still mourning. So Adarizal was very strict on this disciple, and that disciple passed away that year, and he said it was because he mourned and didn't celebrate in honor of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai on that day of Lag Baomer. So of all this, the point is, the Brest of Chassidim for years have made a major emphasis. Again, there are exceptions. People, there's, for example, a very holy Brest of man here in Yerushalayim, who watches his eyes so carefully, in his life he's never been in a bank even, this man, okay? These, these type of people, they can't go with all the confusion and everything to be there. It's very hard for them because of the mixture of men and women. So he stays at home. What can he, what can he do? But for regular people, regular, whatever. People are trying, we are in the pursuit of trying to become better. It is a big thing. It's almost at the level of an obligation. It's not written anywhere it's obligation, but the way people take it of being there, being a part of the Simcha, is an unbelievable merit that's worth spending tons of money to do it and also worth going through a lot of toil and difficulty to getting there. The Tiferet Shlomo of Radomsk. This was a Rebbe of the Radomsk dynasty, Rav Shlomo of Radomsk. He was very learned, very wise. He wrote many books, and they're called Tifer Shlomo. He writes somewhere a very scary statement. He says like this, Traveling to be by a tzaddik requires mesirat nefesh. Mesirat nefesh means you have to you know, put your life in hands, your soul in hands. You're willing to do a major self-sacrifice. So he points out like this, What does it mean, mesirat nefesh? the long travel and the expenses and this, that's not Mesirat Nefesh, that's Mesirat Aguf. That's the self-sacrifice of the, of the, phys- of the physical level. Mesirat Nefesh, he writes, something scary. He says, even if a person, by traveling, might stumble to do a sin, for the sake of traveling to be a tzaddik, again, I'm not saying this, it's not me saying this, this is the Terev Tiferet Shlomo, Rav he says, even if you might have a doubt of doing a sin, which you might think it's called, it's called mitzvah ba'abavera, a mitzvah that you, you do through a sin is not considered a mitzvah. He says, in this case of traveling to be by tzaddik, which, as Rabbi Nachman in Lesson 66 calls this, Rabbi Nachman calls this action, this activity of traveling to be by tzaddik, is something... This is Rabbi Nachman's words. You can look there in Lesson 66, Likute Moram. is something which one's whole Yiddishkeit is dependent upon. One's whole success in Judaism. In other words, in this you're putting your Torah study, you're davening, you're serving Hashem. This cup is dependent on traveling to be by tzaddik. You hear this? It's <laughs> unbelievable. People hear this, say, where is it written? Where is it written? We'll go, that's another class, God willing. Another, another topic for Zatashim to go into that. But this is, 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 is what the Tiferet Shlomo of Adam says, that traveling to Tzaddik requires Mesirat Nefesh, and this has been stressed more than any other day on Lagba Omer. 
or for many men, religious men, it's difficult with all the women there, everything in the mixture and the loud noise and everything, but people still do, nonetheless, the Mesirat Nefesh to travel. Of course, there's room to make things more uh, with ac- accommodable, more respectable, more modest, which they've done over and over the years. So, Baruch Hashem, things get better and better and better. But still, there's that, that thing about Mesirat Nefesh. Just w- before we sign off, I know you probably have questions, my friend Richard Michelle, you might have some good questions as usual. <laughs> Before we get into that, just some stories, scary stories about the greatness of this day. Uh, I heard this story from someone who saw this written in a book. The story goes that over a hundred years ago, there was a Mikubal, a Kabbalist, a Sephardi Kabbalist from Tzfat, whatever. He was in Meron for Lag Baomer, and in the intense dancing and davening and whatever, he wanted to take a break, and he went a little down below where there's like the forest. While he was in the forest, he caught, he saw a young man doing a sexual transgression. So the Kabbalist flipped out, and he said, why here? Why here? Why in such a holy place are you doing this? You want to do this? You want to be like this? Stay home. But why come here? Why do, do what you're doing in such a holy place? What's, what's with you? Are you nuts? Stay home. We don't need you. We don't need this damage. That night, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai came to the dream of this Kabbalist and he said to him, Excuse me, this young man, is he coming to you? No, he's coming to me. So butt out. Mind your own business. It's not your tikkun. It's my tikkun to help this guy. I'm here to help Am Yisrael. That's my job. Don't, don't get involved. Just to show you again how far-reaching is the power of a tzaddik. This is something, you know, we can develop this a lot. Reb Nossin goes into this a lot. That where the compassion of the Torah stops, that's where the compassion of the tzaddikim begins. In other words, where a person sees that according to the Torah, He's finished. After what I've done in my life, after what I've gone through, after everything I've been through, and this, you know, I'm finished. My life is finished. It's over, God forbid. It's over. Rav Nosen writes, this is where the power of the tzaddikim starts, which explains why it's incumbent. It's so important that a person come close to the tzaddikim. Because if you know your situation, you know how bad it is what you're going through in life, you know the tests and tribulations are crazy. They don't let you live as a sane, normal person. No, ping pong. You, one day, like they say in Breslov, one day a malach, one day a galach in Yiddish. One day a person's like an angel. Wow, everything is flying, amazing. The next day, the person rather be dead. He's like a, 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 a priest, a galach is a priest. The person feels so impure about himself like a priest. With what we're going through today, and you use the standard Torah mentality, you know, the t- standard way of thinking of the Torah, this whole generation is finished. Rav Nosen writes this explicitly in the Kutei Alachot, that Kivyachol, as if to say, Rav Nosen says something very powerful, as if to say, Kivyachol, Hashem gave up on this world already. <laughs> Hashem gave up on this world, and he says the Tzadikim, they did what's called Arevut, they took upon themselves as a co-signer to make sure that this world gets rectified. 
And Hashem, Rav Nosen, he brings, it's a beautiful discourse, you should see it. It's Hilchot Arev Halacha Hey. It's based on the Kutimoran Lesson 1, Part 2. It's one of Rav Nosen's most fascinating amazing discourses where it opens up the power of a tzaddik, what a tzaddik does, what, he, what he's there for. The tzaddik is there to give you that compassion and hope that you need when all the doors are closed, even the doors of the Torah are seemingly closed. The tzaddik opens up what's called the emes or emes in, in a Yiddish ex- ex- expression. The emet lamito, the real truth, to show a person that there's still hope. But you need the, what's it called, the prescription, the eyes, the glasses of the tzaddikim to see that. And in order to receive the eyes, the perspective, the prescription of the tzaddikim to see that, you need to have access to the tzaddikim. You need to show and express your wanting to be close to these tzaddikim in order that their light and their guidance and hope should brush off on you. This again is why it's such a big thing to travel to be by tzaddikim, especially graves of tzaddikim. And in our context today, especially the grave of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and especially on the day that he wanted people to come to be by him, and to be happy, which is Lag Ba'omer. Bezat Hashem. We can sign off, it's okay? Are we okay, Richard? We can sign off? <laughs> you have a question? I knew you have a question. One second, I'm putting you on. Here we go. Yes, sir. Ashkeka, beautiful, beautiful class. It's good. It's good to, to grab a little bit here and there. Curious, for some, some, some of us who are not going to have the school to go to Miron, um, if you could give us like a, you know, a North American Breslov Seder so that we could at least, cause you know, you know how the North Americans we work, we like, we want to have a little plan. Give us a little, you know, give us a little Seder in our pocket that we could do from the night to the day. You know, so we can at least meet <laughs> ourselves. Excellent, excellent. Okay, I can't give you from the night to the day, but thank you for bringing this up because I realize most people listening, I'm not going to be in Meron. All I can do is to yearn. After hearing these words, we can yearn to be there, right? And even me, yeah. I'm hoping to be there. The one thing that people make a big deal, and this, uh, this is a point I'm so happy you brought up because I totally forgot about it. Rav Nosen wrote a prayer on Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, which is possibly one of the most powerful prayers Rav Nosin wrote in his prayers, the book called the Kutei Tfilot. In English, it's been translated as the 50th gate. You can take a look at this prayer. It's 47, part 2. 47, part 2 is a prayer that the breast of Hasidim are saying already. They don't wait for Lagba Omer to say it. They're saying it already from Rosh Chodesh Iyar as a preparation to have the merit to get there. Because in the prayer, Rav Nosen has an insert where he says that I should have the merit to say all this and much more there by your holy grave in Meron. This prayer, again, if you take a look at it, it's a very interesting setup. Because in the prayer... Rav Nosen has a direct dialogue. He's not davening, God forbid, but it's a dialogue directly to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And in the middle of this prayer, Rav Nosen goes to start asking Hashem for this, asking Hashem for that. In the prayer, he asks Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai to daven for us, to daven for him. So when you're reading the prayer, it's like you're speaking directly to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. At the beginning of this prayer, you might think, huh, so say that only in, in Meron. 
<laughs> where I'm in front of his grave. And since Tzadikim, after their passing, are still alive, we believe as Jews that the, the, there's the nefesh of every person is by their grave, every Jewish grave. So when you buy the grave, it's like you spe- have a discourse directly in front of them. Still, take a look at the prayer. There's a little introduction, an intro, which was put in by Rav Nossin's main disciple, Rav Nachman Tolchener, where he says that this prayer can be said anywhere in the world, not just by Rabbi Shimon's grave in Meron, because the rule is, the influence of a tzaddik is everywhere. That's how powerful his neshama is. It's like an all-inclusive soul, which has big ramifications of spreading, not just by his grave. There, of course, of course, not to forget, there's a plus, a major plus, when you have the merit of traveling to be by a grave of a tzaddik, traveling to a tzaddik like we mentioned earlier. But in this context of this prayer, and seeing how great Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is, He's, Rav, Nos, Rav Nachman Tulchan inserts, you can say this anywhere in the world. And it's, it's well, just like you can talk to Hashem anywhere. You can have a conversation with tzaddikim of this caliber, of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's level, anywhere in the world. So this, to answer the question, it's important to say this prayer on Lagba Omer, anywhere in the world. Also, to sing, to sing in honor of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. We have a few powerful songs that everybody knows. Most people, most Jewish people know. There's the classic Bar Yochai uh, song, Piyut, that most people know. And there's another one written by the Ben Ishchai of Yosef Chaim of Baghdad called Va'amartem Kol Lechai. So these things, songs, to sing them on the day of Lag Baomer, yes. But to make sure to say that prayer, Rav Nosson's prayer 47, and to have an uplifting feeling of a connection to the tzaddik wherever you are, in North America, in Tibaktu, in Japan, wherever you are. One second, you want to say something? Sorry. Once, unmute you again, one second. Here we go. It's taking time. Is, is there a concept to try to get up for Chatzot specifically for that day? There's a concept to get up for Chatzot every day. <laughs> I love it. What, what difference need, is this day from need, every day? Need carrots. The North Americans need carrots. Okay, if you can get up, then get up. For sure. Any any spiritual addition that you can do to your normal day, if you can do on like Baomer, you should do. Yes. But above everything else, there's no Tachanun. Don't forget, like Baomer is a happy day. It's a day that we are requested to rejoice. Rabbi Shimon, he okay, wants great. us to be happy on this day. That's his wording in the Idra, before he passed away in Idra Zuta. Okay? So there is an Indian to be happy. There's a broken heart. Yes, you have a broken heart. They would say in Meron, with how it is set up, that in the courtyard, the, the dancing is like crazy. It's unbelievable. And when people go deeper into the actual inner room where the grave is, People are crying and davening and bawling their eyes out. So they would say that you have here a mixture of all the festivals. You have Simchat Torah with the dancing, because Mamash, the dancing is out of this world, like I said earlier. And inside, people are crying like Yom Kippur. So outside is Simchat Torah, and inside is Yom Kippur. Again, it's something that a person should work to experience, to daven, to make have the merit of being in Meron for Lag Baomer Bezat Hashem. All right. Thank you for joining, everybody. All the best. We should have an amazing Lag Baomer. And the merit of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai should mitigate all the judgments and suffering that people are going through in the world. 
and it should be only good for Am Yisrael. We should wake up, we should get the message right, do what we have to do, do the right thing, and Bezat Hashem, we should see very soon the coming of Mashiach, Bim Rabbi Amenu, Amen. Thank you for joining. All the best, and Shalom, Shalom.